welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hey, hey, you fabulous designer. I am so glad you're here. This is Business of Design, episode 307. How did that happen? And you're in for a treat. Today's guest is someone I absolutely adore, although I only met her face-to-face recently. I've known her for years as an actress, as a comedian, as someone who is on the same television show I'm on, although her topic is not interior design. It is food and nutrition. Marilyn Smith. She is hilarious. But we're going to talk about real things that are impacting women in our field, meaning creative fields. We're going to talk about ageism. We're going to talk about sexism. We're going to talk about what do you do when life throws you a curveball that really hurts? How do you redirect your attention? How do you get back on the beam? And Marilyn's going to share some practical insights into all of that. Plus, she's freaking hilarious. As far as I know, she's the only professional home economist who is also an alumni of Second City Comedy Troupe. She's a very popular media personality. She's had her own television series. She does City Line, as I said. She's also on Breakfast Television, which is a morning program in Toronto. But among her many claims to fame, I love that she was invited to drop the puck at an NHL hockey game between the Vancouver Canucks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know anything about hockey, but I know she probably made that a really fun event. She's able to mix learning with laughter, and I think that's why this episode works so well. And we're partway through the episode, and we both start talking about Tracy Moore, who is the host of City Line, the TV show that we are guests on, and what a delight she is to work with. So we had a moment after the taping to reach out to Tracy and say, oh, we just haven't told you in a while, but we just love you. So if you're in the Toronto area or you live in Canada and you're excited, you should come on down to the show. Come down to City Line. It's so fun. They give away great prizes. Not quite the cars that Oprah gave away, but really good prizes. I sent some audience members home a couple of shows ago with new slow cookers and new Instapots and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. So check out CityLine if you haven't seen it before, cityline.tv, and we'll put a link in the show notes. You should also follow, of course, Marilyn Smith at Marilyn Smith, just like it sounds. Wonder how she got that Instagram handle. Seems like that might have been a popular name. And you should also follow Tracy Moore at the Tracy Moore. And I wish I had thought to put the in front of my name, the Kimberly Selden sounds so much fancier than just plain old Kimberly Selden. But there you go. Live and learn. Before we get into the episode, as usual, we're going to hear from someone else I adore, Cheryl Horn. Thanks for being here, everyone. Episode 307, Thriving Past Adversity. You got this. Hey, Cheryl, nice to see you. 
You too. It's been a while. It has been a while. And uh, this episode is so fun. I don't, do you know Marilyn Smith? I'm not sure if you know her. I don't. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. She must know your sister. Cheryl's sister is a is a well known actor. Did, was that weird growing up with an actor in the family? I feel like sometimes actors, comedians, they can take up a lot of space in the the room. Your sister she doesn't strike me that way, though. No, not at all. And she didn't really start till like after high school when she went to school for it. So we weren't actually living together at any point where somebody would have recognized her. So when she started doing stuff, like going stuff and somebody wants to like take their picture with her or like <laughs> something like that was super weird. But, um, cause I'm a lot of times I get to be her plus one when she goes to stuff, which is exciting and fun for me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. A friend of mine in California is married to a guy and we always say he has main character syndrome. Like he, you cannot, be in a room with him where he isn't the center of attention. There's no conversation that could be had that he doesn't insert himself as the center of attention. But a a lot of the actors I know are kind of shy and that's actually not how they are. No. Oh, any of that kind of stuff makes her totally uncomfortable. Yeah. Like if we go to like see a film, she'll watch it and want to leave and is uncomfortable with all the stuff that happens in between. Like it's, she wants to, it's because it's work. Yeah. Right. Like she, to her, it's, it's work. Yeah. Um, and theater is what she, she loves to do versus the, the film stuff. So oh, I know you, ha- you have to let me know what she's coming up in, but uh, we digress. Yeah. Uh, we are, what are we talking about? What's happening at business of design? A lot. And it starts this week. I feel like I've been talking about these events for a while and now they're here. They're already here. Cause it's 2023 and we're like right into it. Live events where I have to do my hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I'm actually really excited. So this week on Friday, you're going to be at IDS in Toronto, Friday, um, January 20th. And that, and by the way, I'm going to butt in and say, that's the interior design show that happens once a year in Toronto. It's kind of a high end residential home show, unlike those kind of builders' home shows with washing machines. This is tends to be sexy, high-end furniture and international guests, and it's really a lot of fun if you've, if you've never been down to the show. And they have a couple of days dedicated just to trade professionals, and Friday would be one of those days, yeah. Yeah, the Thursday, Friday is trade only, and then it opens to consumers over the weekend. Uh, so you'll be there on Friday and on um, or at 11.30 in the morning, you're going to be joining uh, Kohler for falling in love with industrial waste. And they're going to be talking about economic <laughs> principles that are sort of shaping product development and the process behind that. So you're going to be part of that conversation. I love the topic. Then, I don't think I've ever yeah, heard I know, topic but it, quite so interesting. <laughs> But why not? Uh, it's a real thing. Yeah, of course. And it's so important to what you guys do, sort of yeah. the, the story behind everything. Um, and then in the afternoon, I'm excited because I'm actually going to be joining you. Not not on stage. I'm quite content in the background. But uh, you're going to be talking about uh, payday and uh, focusing on salary and paying yourself first, how important that is for designers. That's going to be at 1.30. Oh, my gosh. It's the funniest 
phenomenon. I don't know if you remember this, Cheryl, the first time we went to High Point, and I was familiar with people knowing knowing me, or they'd hear my voice and say, oh, I know that voice. Uh, but it was the first time we were somewhere and people said, oh, is that Cheryl? Is that Cheryl? <laughs> I, every I, time I talk to a member, everyone says the exact same thing. I feel like I know you because I hear you every week on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So but, I think you should be prepared for people to be like gushing over you on uh, Friday. Just FYI. Well, we pre-record, obviously. This isn't like airing the second we record it. So I forget that other people can hear me until I'm told about it on the phone. <laughs> so right, a- right after that. So that's it for this week. And then going into next week, um, you are traveling to Vegas. You've got two events there. First, you're going to be at the Las Vegas market talking about no more negotiating. And that's on January 30th at 11 a.m. And then the next day, you're headed to Cabus, also in Las Vegas, to join Kohler in their booth for Unlocking Bold Innovation. And you're going to be speaking with Laura Kohler there. She is so cool. I really liked her. She like was off to a yoga retreat last time I saw her face-to-face, but she runs this major company. She has a social conscience and she's just a really fun person. So I think that'll be a great conversation. Hopefully lots of you are going to be in Las Vegas and you'll come say hi. Yeah. So that's going to be at 1 p.m. and it's going to be right in the Kohler booth, which I'm told is super easy to find because it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're having a birthday party. It's 150 years old, this company. Isn't that incredible? That is... Wow. Yeah. No. And we've been doing a lot of events with them lately. They're, they're great. And, um, again, the environmentally conscious, like that's, that's Laura's role within the the company. That's her focus. Yeah. I have to show her a picture. We were just doing a reveal last week and the plumber had turned off the water while I was out purchasing flowers that, that was, the flowers were going to go into yeah. vases and things before the clients came home, but we weren't going to, the clients weren't coming home for another day. So suddenly we have no water and the sinks weren't filled up. There was no water anywhere. So I'm like, what am I going to do with these fresh flowers? I don't want them to be all wilted tomorrow. Where can I get water? Where can I get water? Well, I figured out that the one place there was water was the toilet. <laughs> So I stuck all my fresh flowers and toilets around the house, which caused everybody to comment on that in the morning, like, what the hell is going on? But I, <laughs> Did I, you get the water back on in time for the reveal? We did. We did. But I want you to know I thought of this because I listen to a podcast sometimes called Ear Hustle, which is about life inside uh, a prison in California. And in order to keep their orange juice cool. They get orange juice only once a week. They all put their orange juice in the toilet so it stays cool because their cells get hot. So there you go. The things you can learn from dudes on the inside. <laughs> it's a good podcast oh my if God. you well, haven't heard Well, on that it. note, yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do I transition back to events from that? <laughs> but I do have one more to mention that we want to make sure people know about. Um, after all of this traveling, you're still headed to Australia and oh, yeah. you are going to be doing the BOD 15 two-day intensive. It's been a long time since you've done this live, which is pretty exciting. Um, and that's going to be March 6th and 7th at the Boyd Showroom in Sydney. I'm really looking forward to this. Everybody, we're going to have such a good time. We're going to really focus on transformation, quick transformation. And hopefully we'll plan something fun to do at night where you all just can come along if you feel like it. We're also going to be talking about boss groups at the end after the work is done because we've got a lot of Australian members who are saying, come on, we need more boss groups in our area. So we'll be talking about that as well. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, and about half the um, half those signed up are going to be uh, new to the BOD 15 and getting like the boot camp version. And others have been with us for a long time and need that refresher or are coming to clarify certain steps. Uh, so it's going to be a great mix in that group. Cannot wait. I just wish you were coming with us. Janine will be with next me. Next time. But, yeah, next time you're, you're on next deck. Next time. I think one of, yeah, I think one of our boss groups is headed to Australia next year. So maybe that's sort of on the bucket list to to oh, join them for that. that. That'll already? be amazing. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's coming oh up. My I know we just started twenty twenty three, but with oh. how fast last year went, it's yeah. just yeah, we're already planning ahead. Okay. Well, lots going on, and I for one better start packing. <laughs> I gotta get. Some yeah, you have a busy calendar. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll get to. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, I'll see you on Friday in person. In person, can't I get to see you on Friday. Wait. Oh, can't wait. And hope to see all of you face-to-face as well. Thank you, Cheryl. Take care. Marilyn Smith, how are you? I am hanging on by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get right into it. What's going on with you, woman? Oh my God. Well, we had our house renovated at the very beginning of COVID. Uh, No, actually it was before COVID about three months is when they started. And then they're still working on it and they're in my house right now. So I'm hiding in my bedroom while they paint the ceiling of the main floor. So that's why I'm hanging on by thread. I have asthma and I'm allergic to inhalant. So I'm in my bedroom. It's snowed. The windows are open and I'm wearing a hat. So that's why I'm hanging on by a thread <laughs> in my hilarious. bedroom. <laughs> well, I apologize for renovators everywhere, but it has really, it's been like a circus with COVID. Like we are installing kitchen cabinetry for a woman whose project we started started a year and a half ago, which is just insane. But anyway, please hang in there. Please hang in there. Everybody, Marilyn and I just recently met and I decided she was going to be my best friend. So uh, as soon as we finish the podcast, I'm going to bug you for a a date where we can go for drinks. Tell everybody uh, about your background and what you do. And then we're going to get into the topic, which is about thriving in the face of all kinds of stuff that comes our way. So tell everybody about your background and what you do. So I'm born and raised in Vancouver, and uh, I remember telling my mom and dad when I was nine that I decided I really wanted to be an actor, and my mom and dad, in their hearing, heard Hooker, and so... They were like, no, you can't be an actor. So they went out of their way to find me another career. Um, But I was taking acting lessons and dancing and singing, and I really wanted to be in musical theater. Uh, But in grade eight, my home ec teacher told my parents that I would be a really excellent home economist. And Mrs. Favreau was my hero. And um, I went, oh, well, what is a home economist? They go, well, it's Mrs. Favreau. And I thought, well, I get to eat and talk. I'm in. So from then on, I was sort of focused on becoming a home economist. I went to the University of British Columbia. I have a degree in home in foods and nutrition, um, but I always wanted to be an actor. So I, I taught school for a couple of years. I taught home ec and drama and then came to Toronto and auditioned for Second City. And that's when everything changed. So then I wasn't, I mean, I'm, I am a home economist always, but that's not what my career was. So um, I was, you know, I did Second City for a long time and then I did commercials and TV and all the kind of stuff that an actor does. And, uh, yeah. And then when I turned 40 and they go, no, you know what? You can't be an actor unless you're Meryl Streep. 
because she's going to get all the parts. Uh, I really flipped over into the food side. So I've always been really passionate about how food affects you and your long-term health. And so at 40, I kind of reinvented myself and I, I just went back to my roots as being a foods and nutrition person. And I've been doing that ever since. Well, I didn't know about your background. I only met you as a food and nutrition person, and I I was watching you on CityLine one day. We happened to both be on the same show, and I thought she's she's the only person I know who can make like discussion of grains hilarious or carbs or <laughs> vegetables, and I'm always cracking up. And then I I started chatting with you, and you told me about your improv and your Second City background and your acting background, and that is actually how we arrived at this topic. Like it is some hard damn knocks when you are really good at something as you are with acting, with comedy, with improvisation. And somebody says, you know what? Mm, we're looking for 20-year-olds now. It's That's one of the first big hard knocks that I think we kind of stumbled on when we were backstage is how did you, how did you navigate that? Did you know it was a closed door? Like how did that work in your head? You know, I, I loved when we chatted backstage because um, ageism is real, and especially, I'm going to generalize, but I think as a as a woman in the acting world, ageism is is boom. Anything on media, you know, they want it's okay. My husband is the same age as me, and he's still working because it's okay to look craggy. But, you know, if uh, I'm going out for parts, if I was actually saying yes to auditions, I would be auditioning for people in their 80s. And, like, you know, I mean, that's a long freaking way off for me. So um, when I turned 40 and I saw the writing on the wall where my girlfriends who were in my same age group getting stuff done so that they looked younger. And I thought, I don't want to do that. It's good for, if they want to do that, that's fine. But I just was like, you know, I'm going to rail against this. I'll show you. And then I never worked. So yeah, I showed them really well. Um, and that's when I did the flip. I thought I need to get back to my roots. And, and as fate would have it, uh, my agent sent me to an audition for a show called Harrowsmith country living. And they were looking for a funny chef. And when I went to the audition, I said, hello, you're looking for me. Um, and yeah, I fill all the boxes and I, I never been that assertive. I was never that assertive as an actress, but because of my science background and because of what I, I really believe in, I could sell myself better as a, as a professional home economist than I could as an actress. So that's when everything really changed. And then that's when I wrote my first book and that's when I started doing television, like breakfast television and, and those kinds of things. And so it just kind of happened, but I knew organically that I had to do something because I really love being in the business, but I had to find out where I fit in. And um, I was lucky enough that my parents were really, really smart in giving me that second career. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? You figured out a way to make them happy by going for the career they thought was better. And then you made yourself help, happy by doing the career you love. And by the way, you're young. Who knows what's going to happen next? You may end up being a full-time actor, but it is pretty insulting to think that you're the same age as your husband and you're auditioning for parts where you're his mother. Like that's yeah, crazy. Pr pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny. Every single time I'm on city line, I think, well, this is probably going to be the last time they have me because they're looking for someone younger. I remember when I had my own show, I think I was 38 years old and mm -hmm. the producers came to me and said, do you have, do you know anybody who's like you, but younger? And I'm like, I'm, th I'm 38. 
Like how much younger do you think an expert can be? And in fact, like I don't think I actually became an expert until I was at least in my 50s. I don't even think I came close to being expert at anything until I was in my 50s. I agree 100%. Like I yeah, I I I you know, I everything you said, yes, yes, yes. And and uh the fact that I was I think I was how old was I when I did Harrowsmith? I think I was actually 40. Um, so that was kind of a big deal that they, they went with somebody who was older. So but once old. Again, I, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> old. Yeah. And I feel the same way when I go to City Line. It's like, no, they're going to go, what What are we doing with her? But, you know, um, Kimberly, I think because you come from a comedy background as well. And I think that that has really served us well in our careers that, um, I don't know. Maybe there's this perception that as long as you're funny, you can get old. Right. <laughs> maybe good. Let's go with that. I do I think know. that comedy, like being funny, <laughs> has is, has many advantages, right? It just works for us. So let's stick together. We'll be like a union. If they try to fire us, we'll be all in the news on ageism and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, oh, Tracy's so awesome. I'm She's never, you. we're going to like, they're going to, I'll drop dead in the middle of a segment. That's how old I'm going to be when I <laughs> Oh my God. I love Tracy. I love that she stands up for what's right, you know? And, uh, yeah, she, I just love her. She's actually one of the bravest people in the media I've ever known. And if you guys don't know who Tracy Moore is, I'm going to link to her, uh, get to know her, follow her on Instagram. She's just kind of awesome. She's so authentic and so real. So I've actually learned a lot from her. Now, our topic is um, thriving in the face of adversity. And, you know, it's easier now as I'm older because I've had a lot of adversity than it was when I was younger. But let's give people some idea of what you can do when you're faced with that roadblock. It isn't always, I surrender, I'm going to go in a different direction, right? Sometimes it's you're going to muddle through. So are there some things that come to mind in terms of dealing with adversity? Yeah, I think what I've learned over the years is that I used to rail against it and then that negative energy did not help me at all. And so Railing against something for a short period of time is probably healthy, but then you have to figure a way around it. And so, and that's the creative part. So you and I are both very creative in very different ways. And I think because we think that way, it's, it's almost like second nature. So whenever anything's happened, it's like, ah, oh, come off it. Okay. Well, what am I going to do now? And I hate that word pivot, but I think we, we've been pivoting for years before it was even a thing to do. So it's, it's about finding another place. Like where can my creativity shine? How can I, um, say what I, you know, still, still be on message. Like I, my whole thing is about, you know, you are what you eat kind of idea and, and healthy lifestyle. So how can I make that message, you know, current by it, after this set of circumstances. So it's, I think it's a very creative path is, is I guess what I'm the long and the short of it. So, um, but I think you're allowed to rail. I know people who rail and then they say they're, they're over, but they're seething and that negative energy just prevents you from, you know, going forward. You get stuck, right? Yeah. So it's about, it's a matter of getting unstuck and I get unstuck by, uh, embracing the creative way to solve a solution. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and to the same degree that they will hire women who are funny regardless of age, they will run from women regardless of talent who are bitter and angry and railing. That's just not a look that gets us hired, right? 
Right on. I never thought of that. You know, yeah. as people say, you wear you wear your life, right? And yeah. um, and so yeah, you can't you know you can't eventually eventually it catches up with you. Yeah. So yeah, I always think it's better. My father was very optimistic. My mother used to call him Pollyanna, and uh, and he was. He always saw <laughs> the kind goodness of, of everything. <laughs> Oh, he was so cool. My father was so hip and so funny. I mean, when our dog died, uh, it was awful. And um, our vet was a friend and he said, yeah, you know, as long as Scott digs a six and a half foot hole in your backyard, you can bury bury Bailey there. So he did, you know, I mean, I know it's illegal and now I'm going to get arrested. But anyway, um, so I finally found my father to say that, you know, the dog was gone and I was a mess. And he goes, oh, you know, I'm really sorry, Marilyn. But I've actually thought about doing that with your mom when she dies, but I'd need a backhoe. So come <laughs> off it. Come oh on. my God. So you get your you get your comedy from your dad, it sounds like. I do. I, I do. He, never, he wasn't he was not a joke teller. He was a he was an improviser. He just didn't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing too that happens uh, with adversity for some of us, we actually end up thriving because it forces us to pivot, as you said, but also to narrow down, to narrow the niche, to focus. How how has that worked in your life where something seems like it's going to be bad and it actually turns out to be great? So, uh, yes. Okay. My biggest one was I did four years of Harrisonville Country Living and then um, a producer approached me and said, listen, I want to do an entire show with you. Uh, and so don't take any work and we're going to talk about this. And naive me, uh, believed this person and went merrily along and turned down work, you know, and I had just come off a really good series and I had been nominated for a Gemini and I was turning work down all over the place. And then they never phoned. And so I reached out to them and they go, Oh no, sorry, that's over. And it was like, wow. what? And I, yeah, and I hadn't realized the level of, like, I felt really disrespected. Like, you know, they hadn't had the courtesy to let me know that this was moot. And it, it really threw me, but it, it threw me about how people take, uh, just treat you like, uh, you know, my husband and I are, are both actors, and they, the joke was bring in the wood, and that's the actor, right? <laughs> and so I felt like I was just a piece of wood, and it really made me really sad. And so I had to, I, I really fell apart. I was a single mom at that point. I thought, how am I going to pay my mortgage? And I, I had a big crash for, for about three or four days. And then I thought I have got to get this together. I have to laser focus and figure out what I want because I have to, I can't lose my house. I have a, th a three-year-old son, you know, what are we going to do? So that was that laser focus. And I wrote down all the things that I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's how I got around that. And when I wrote it out and I find I'm not a journaler, but I am, I do write things out when I'm upset and, and I could see through my writing where it was I wanted to go and it was write a cookbook. And that was the springboard into my cookbook career. I mean, I've written eight as a result of that failure. So had that not happened, I don't know where I would be right now. So I always tell people who ask me like, you know, what's your best advice? And I go, sometimes the worst thing that happens to you is actually the best thing that happens to you. So don't close the door and, you know, burn the house down and do all, you know, you need to kind of laser focus, like you just said, and see what it is you really want to do. And the answer is going to come. So yeah. And mine was writing cookbooks. 
That is really interesting. And I know everybody listening, they're interior design professionals, so they might not be thinking of losing an acting job, but certainly every single one of us has lost a project that we really counted on and we maybe even hired up for. We hired extra people and suddenly we don't need those people and we spent this money, you know, investing in different infrastructure and now it's not going to happen. And that has been my experience too, that when somebody really, when I'm really down, when I really get kicked, that I finally muster up the courage courage to just take it in a more focused, narrow direction. And maybe that's the beauty of aging. You just realize that it's like playing hockey. You're always going to get chucked against the boards, but you're going to come back and score in the next round, you know? I love your hockey reference. I'm a hockey family. My son is a strength and conditioning uh, coach in the American Hockey League. So you're talking, you're, t- you're doing metaphors in my, in my wheelhouse. He <laughs> is not. That's so cool. Okay. So uh, not nothing to do with the podcast, but can he like find a great husband for my daughter? That would be amazing. Like one that gets her to come <laughs> to Toronto more often, maybe someone on the Kings or, you know, she's in LA. So yeah, we'll, we'll figure this out afterwards. We'll uh, there's, figure some, this out there's a cash the bonus that goes with this connection, by the way. This is totally, I think, bring back the dowry, right? Totally oh, bring back the dowry. Well, you know, he just got married, so it's not him, but he knows an awful lot of really cute young hockey guys. So there you go. how about that? Oh my there gosh. Go. And she knows an mm-hmm. awful lot of really cute young non-hockey women. So there you go. It's perfect. <laughs> They're perfect. They need to be friends. Marilyn, thank you so much. We love to end every episode with something we call design intervention. And it's just a really good piece of business advice. Something you would like to pass on to other entrepreneurs who've had to make it on their own. My best advice, and I've had to use this several times, is have three months of emergency money in a savings account that you can't get near. And uh, that time when I lost everything uh, and I, I had turned all this work down, had it not been for that three months of money, mortgage, everything, like I'd saved a whack of money, um, I would have I would have lost my house. So financially, that was the smartest thing I've ever done. I still do it to this day. I have an account that is emergency only. And uh, like I said, I've used it several times. And then I just, as soon as I get a job, I start firing that money back in there. Really wise, really wise advice. And you and I have to stay on the line here because we got some social dates to make. And of course, my daughter to marry off. So thank you. (laughs) So fun. Thank you so much. Oh, anytime. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field-tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.